Now the green room that we're in is full of like veteran comedians. So I'm like, so there a few of them are like new to. So I'm like, nobody raised their hands. So I'm like, I'll go first. Like, I don't mind at all. And she was looking at me like that was probably the craziest thing in the world to do, to be the first one on your first time. And I got up there and I killed it. Welcome to the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast, where we explore the three facets of the modern man and discuss leadership, chivalry, and style so that you can continue to bring your best to the world. Hi, I'm Jeff Hendrickson, and through impactful subjects and in interviews with men I've known and worked with in various industries over the years, you'll learn some valuable lessons about modern men and their struggles and triumphs. So in this episode, um, I have a great conversation with Byron Thomas Jr., who is one of Cincinnati's top young entrepreneurs and rising stars. He's the co-owner and GM at Arts on the Avenue with partner Tim Haynes, and that's in the historic Brighton District in West End, Cincinnati. Byron has really started spearheading the revitalization of the bar that once housed Queen Anne back in the day. His efforts with his team there, bringing in live music acts, hosting month-long art shows, and providing a safe space for great private parties has really been a joy for me to witness. On a block that time has mostly forgotten, Arts is setting the pace and helping to bring new businesses in and creating a destination for people who are looking for something fresh and exciting. He's done stints as a stand-up comedian, as a model and an actor, and in Arts, he really prides himself on customer service and creating excellent craft cocktails. So listen in as Byron and I talk about being a role model to younger people, learning by doing, and making the decision to always do the right thing. All right, Byron, how you doing, man? Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast, man. I really appreciate your time tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, you're welcome. So, um, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, wanted to wanted to interview you because of your strength in this community and, and in Cincinnati and, you know, the, the accomplishments you've had so far, the stories you and I have shared, uh, we met like what, I guess it was like 2018 when I moved into the building and found out that, you know, you guys had the bar. We started talking around bitters and whatever, and, uh, just kind of went from there. So let's talk first about your career. Let's, let's tell everybody, who you are, what you do, and let's talk about your path to getting there too. You've done a lot of really interesting things, so I want to I want to dive into all those. Well, yeah, um, I uh, started off uh, in the restaurant as an industry growing up. Um, my first job actually was uh, uh, remodeling houses and such. Um, then I was a janitor. <laughs> uh, then I started working at the Red Stadium when I turned fifteen. And once I turned 16, I started working for um, McCormick & Schmicks. That was my first restaurant job. Um, so it was an introduction to fine dining uh, immediately. So I didn't start off at like Frisch's or anything like that. It was like right into the fire. I was the youngest person to work there for a couple years, actually. Um, got into it, and it was an industry where I really loved having an impact on people's day. Um, whether, you know, I can easily tell if somebody had a bad day and little things that I could do help their day go further along. So it's kind of that control factor of being able to have an impact on somebody that really made me stick into the hospitality side of the industry. Um, work, I bartended, did, did uh, serving, food running, uh, kitchen work, um, and all that 
allowed me to uh, use all those skills, skills to collect them and put them to work um, to start my own businesses. Um, so uh, like you were saying earlier, we met at Arts on the Ave, um, and that was my first attempt of uh, building something myself from the ground up. And as far as like policies, uh, infrastructure, uh, menus, um, hand, employee handbooks, everything like that. So it really, it really gave me a, a, a chance to apply all my managerial skills, knowing all sides of the workplace and actually allowing doing that. Um, once I got that started, uh, also spread my wings a little bit further and started a marketing company. Um, it's called We Can. Uh, it stands for West End Creative Agency Network um, to where we we can. So if anybody needs anything from as far as business cards to T-shirts to flyers to websites, uh, we do all of it there. So um, that was a big step as far as me being able to uh, utilize my creativity um, that I had. Yeah, that's cool. And you guys said you guys started that, I think, when I moved to D.C., right? Some, yeah, we were working on, we were work, yeah, we were working on a business plan right around the time you were leaving. Uh, cool, cool, cool. So um, you've done stand-up comedy and you've also been an actor. Yeah, stand-up comedy, acting, modeling. Um, I went to uh, uh, when I graduated high school, uh, my goal was to go to the Air Force. Hmm. I got went through. Um, you know, went did boot camp and everything. Uh, got a tattoo um, in between when I was supposed to go to tech school, and uh, violated the uniform policy, so I got discharged. Wow! And from there, I didn't know really what I wanted to do. I knew I really didn't want to go to college because um, I didn't really want to have that kind of debt over me for a long time, yeah. and I felt like I had a good foundation already built around me of like stuff I could build on and get to the point where I am today, actually. Um, so once I, once the military didn't work out, um, said, Hey, next thing you go from there, let's try to start modeling. So I started, I went to a a modeling agency that was more like a trade school. Honestly, it was more like a modeling trade school. Um, so I took classes for communication for runway walking for photography and everything. and kind of really built up my skills through them. Um, and the reason why I say it was more like a, a trade school um, because the agency part uh, really wasn't the way I expected it to be. It was more of a, you have to go out and do the work yourself and they they represent you. So they'll like post, like they have a website where they just post jobs and you have to scroll through and see what applies to you. So I didn't really have like that one-on-one person to be like, Hey, these are the jobs I really think you should do. This is what we're going for. You know? Uh, so that was a really big lesson. And it made me kind of take a step back um, from modeling and acting, especially through them. And it's where I started doing a lot more stuff freelance. Um, that went on for a while. I did, I probably done two or three movies um, that I've never seen. Uh, <laughs> but I've done plenty of photo shoots. Um, some of them are Instagram still for like uh, Noble Denim Jeans, uh, Victor Athletic, um, Framery Eyewear. Um, things like that uh and then doing that i've always had like a i always thought i was pretty funny so step my stepmother or i guess my my sister's mother uh is a comedian she's been a comedian since i was probably about 12 maybe younger um but when she started doing it 
you know, I used to make jokes like, oh, I could do that. She's like, we'll start, we'll come up, we'll write it down and we'll do it. So I start writing back then, but I never like approached her about it. Fast forward, I was about 22 and she just reached out like, hey, do you know anybody that's trying to, you know, trying to get into comedy? I'm looking to fill a couple spots. And I was like, I don't mind doing it. And she thought I was joking. So she's like, all right, we'll see. So she dropped off 10 tickets to me. Said, sell them for $10 a piece, five of the shores, other half is mine, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. So the night of the event, I show up, and uh, I was a little nervous, but not like overwhelmingly nervous. And so we're going through, and she's doing the lineup for everybody to come out that night. She's like, all right, so who wants to go first? Now, the green room that we're in is full of like veteran comedians. So I'm like, so there are a few of them are like new to. So I'm like, nobody raised their hands. I'm like, I'll go first. I don't mind at all. And she was looking at me like that was probably the craziest thing in the world to do, to be the first one on your first time. And I got up there and I killed it. Killed it. Of course you did. Killed it. And uh, it's been, I did a couple more shows here in Cincinnati. I probably did mm, six shows or so in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, uh, I went on a tour with my dad. Uh, We just I had two weeks of vacation, pay vacation, so we just picked up and left and went around the country for a couple weeks, and I did probably about another, like, I did a show in probably five different states. That's cool. So that was pretty fun, and kind of kind of let that go on the back burner. I don't know. It was just one of those things where I didn't, I didn't feel like I was putting in enough work to really make it work, because yeah. I was concentrating on other things. I was still focused. I wasn't treating that as a career. I was treating it as a hobby. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> how big of a step was that for you? And when you, when you started having the discussions about opening arts and managing that and being a co-owner in that, was that a huge step for you or was that something that you were really ready for at that point in time? Uh, I will say this. It was a big step. I felt like I was ready but it was also one of those things where I was extremely nervous. Yeah. You know, I, I was still extremely nervous. I still was understanding that, especially the location of it, um, there was going to be like nobody. It's not around a lot of foot traffic. There's not a lot of other businesses around. So everything we do there is going to be from the stretch, building up, and then hopefully the neighborhood starts to flourish and then we build up around it. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was definitely a big step. I definitely walked uh, walked away from a, a lot of money um, and a lot of opportunities in a more corporate environment. Mm. Um, so it was worth it, though. It was worth it. I was scared, but it was worth it. Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll never forget the very first day I met you there. Um, it was at that soft opening, and I don't know if I, if I was talking to Janet or if I was talking to Kim or who I was talking to, but they kind of pointed me out to you, and, and I'm like, well, I got to go say hi to him. So I walked up, shook your hand, said hi to you, and that kind of started us on a really good track. And, and you know, the, the one thing that hit me immediately about you was just the strength of your character. And just, you know, I, I watched you the rest of that night work that and talk to people and make drinks and manage the people that were around you. And it was like you, you, had, you had this so well down and it was just so well orchestrated. There's no way in hell that I would have believed that that was the first time you'd ever owned or run something like that on your own. Right. 
Uh, I, I definitely trained people. I definitely opened up other restaurants. I was a, a certified trainer for a couple places that I worked at. That's where I, you know, I went through. So, like I said before, it just really applied all the things that I, all the things that I wanted for managers or owners or bosses that I didn't have. I wanted to make sure I was that person for them. Um, so a lot of a lot of um, fathers do this. Um, if their father wasn't around, they're some most of the time turned out to be really good fathers when they, you know, when they get involved because they want to provide certain things that they, they weren't able to have themselves. So that's kind of the approach that I took it um, yeah. as far as business wise. That's cool, man. That is, that is so cool. And that's, that, that's such a, that's such a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very worldly approach. I mean, you know, I've, I've done business all around the world. I've, I've been everywhere. I've worked with so many different types of people. It is, it's, it's really helped me grow. And so I, I think I recognize that in another person when I see it. And I definitely see that in you and, and in the way you work. So now let's, now, let's, now let's open this up a little bit more. Let, let's spread this up. And you kind of touched on it just a little bit, you know, because you're in the hospitality industry, you're in the entertainment industry. So one of the questions I like to ask too is, is take a look at that career of yours and think about how what you do and what you've done has impacted family, the world, friends. What's the, how, does, how does it kind of filter out from you into the world? Uh, my my biggest thing um, was it was two things. Uh, I wanted to uh, show uh, a lot of my younger siblings and I mean mutual age as well and family members that if you just work at it, you can get you can do whatever you want to do. That was like my main thing. Also, um, I also wanted to show them at the same time that uh, you can have nice things. And be, being black, or you know what I mean, you can you can actually have a nice bar and run it in a nice way. Like you have great artwork done. You can have these things and being black, and it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, it, it you, it's available. It's that that's a world out here. It doesn't have to be, um, not polished, not not distinguishable. It has you know, is is beauty that you know, um, just just to really like my, my nieces and nephews when they came to visit and just being able to walk in and look around at all the artwork and being like, wow, like this is what you do. And like for them to be like, okay, like, you know, so um, especially like with all the, uh, just the stereotypes, you know, um, yeah. nightclubs and stuff like that, just to be able to have something nice and them be able to see it and appreciate it. Yeah. I think that was like, that's the big thing um, from there. Um, I honestly just hope um, even without arts and with, as I grow this other business that just my main thing has always been telling them that you, you have to keep moving. You have to keep going through adversity. Um, sometimes uh, you have, you have to go through the steps. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people want instant gratification or they want uh, certain perks from things and they want this, but they haven't put in the work to earn it. And that's the part that I like, I have discussions with my brothers and stuff like that. A lot of times where they'll complain about something at their job and they're like, well, that's cause I don't want to do it. I'm like, it's not your job. It doesn't matter if you want to do it, you get paid to do something. So you have to do it the way that they want it to be done. And I learned at a, at an early age, um, just, I mean, janitorial, uh, you, it's easy to say, you didn't mop that floor. You can't argue if the floor is mopped or not. 
you know so accountability i think is one of my is one of my main things yeah cool cool so you know i i'm sitting here and i'm and I'm thinking, I, I mean, we could definitely go in, in the COVID direction. We, we, we know that that's hurt you. We know that that's hurt a lot of different people. But I, I, think, I think rather than, than going in that route, I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about arts and what arts is. And let's tell the people listening what it is that you do there and what some more of your vision is for Arts on the Avenue. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. For sure. Um, arts itself, the name itself, Arts on the Ave, um, has an apostrophe after the uh, after the S in arts. Um, that's mainly to be a possessive or uh, to be an inclusion thing to where it's all of art. It's not a person named art, it's all art. So that's why we do a lot of uh, different kind of art. So we have um, visual art um, as far as paintings go. We have musical art. Uh, we have spoken word poetry. Um, we have dance classes there. So it, it was it's really just a space to be creative and to, ex, and to expose yourself to things that you wouldn't normally be exposed to and kind of in a very safe environment. And so, you know, just to be okay to like try something new. Mm-hmm. But you're also, you're also very big on making the cocktails too. I, I know how much time oh, yeah. you put into making your cocktails because it is a bar. It, it's not just, right. it's not just for arts like that. It is a bar as well. Yeah. So the, Cocktails is one of my favorite things. Um, the way we do it there is we try to make sure all of our cocktails are inspired in some way. So um, our Manhattans and our old fashions, we do pre-prohibition style. So you really get the, the, the purpose of those drinks. Um, to whereas like during prohibition, all the liquor they had was pretty bad. It was, you know, moonshine or bootleg or and stuff like that. So they really had to use a lot of flavors to appreciate it. That's actually how we became to link up very well with all the flavors that you put into your bitters. So mm-hmm. it was a really cool way to connect. And that's a lot of love too, honestly, is how, <laughs> we, you know, what we put into it. You do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, cool. Cool. And I like to drink. So <laughs> we've had some uh, we've had some really good times there so far, <laughs> and, I'm, I, and, and I'm sure a lot of really good times left to come too. All right, so um, so we're gonna we're gonna switch gears just a little bit because part of part of being a businessman, part of being an entrepreneur, part of being a man in this world today, you know, because this is a crazy world, is making mistakes. So. Share with us what you feel are one of the biggest mistakes you've made. One of those ones where you really just didn't know how you would recover from it. Hmm. Well, I mean, the easy one is my tattoo. Um, yeah. It's on my chest. And it, for me, it was like I watched uh, my dreams in a way die. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was going to the Air Force. I was going to be a crew chief. I was going to have my own plane uh, to be overseas. I was going to do all these things. I, I had a higher score on my ASVAB than my recruiter did. So, you know, I was all excited. And then to, to be told that wasn't going to happen, you know, that was crushing. Uh, that, is mm-hmm. one of the, that was one of the biggest uh, lessons that I learned in life that it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's never over. It's not only over, it's when you quit. So just having to deal with that and – um, and to 
realized like I was disappointed, but my, one of my main reasons for being disappointed was that I felt like I was going to, I was letting my dad down because mm. he really wanted me to go to college and the air force was my alternative route. And, uh, by me not being able to do that, not doing that, I felt like I let him down real bad. And mm -hmm. it was one of those things where I had to learn that I should, I, it's more about me and taking accountability as long mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been doing it for him in the first place is what I learned mm. through all that. And that's what made me step up and start doing other things and really try, really finding myself and figuring out what do I want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I and that's, that's a fine distinction to make sometimes too, because I, I, we all want our parents to be proud of us, right? We all want them to, 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 to look at us and understand and realize that we've, that we've done our best. I, I think that's just, that's part of human nature for most people, I think. Yeah. And it was just, it, it is. It's a part of human nature. And it was one thing to where it can also form to be a bad habit. You can form to care too much about everybody else. You can, you can live your life trying to please other people. Yeah. And if you're not, if you're not living your life to please yourself, then you start to lose out on other, the beautiful parts of life. Then right. you just live it to live. You're going paycheck to paycheck. You're doing these things. You're not really appreciating the beauty that it goes around you every day. Yeah. And I think you're also a really good example too of when you, when you did just start doing things that you really wanted to do. I, I think it's pretty evident that your dad is really proud of you. I mean, I met him, he and I talked, you know, for a little bit, we were there in your bar, we were there in arts on the Avenue. And I, I think it's, I think it's pretty apparent that you did what you wanted to do and he came right along for the ride with you. Right. And I think yeah. he's super proud of you. Yeah. I mean, every, I promise you for years, Every when you gonna go when you gonna go to school, B? When you gonna go to school, B? When you gonna go to school? And I'm like, Dude, I'm not, you know, you know. And it at one point he had put I, I put myself on a time schedule. I'm like, all right, if I don't do that, I'm gonna go to school by this time. And you know that that day comes and he's like, all right, you gonna go? And I'm like, nah, I don't want to. I'll <laughs> I'll just be doing that to make you. I, I'm not gonna do that. And you know when arts open. And he actually got to see it and everything came to fruition. He looked mm -hmm. at me and was like, all right, maybe you were right. Yeah. But yeah. without him, without him doing that and without him uh, constantly challenging, do I really know what I'm doing or do I really know what I want to do? Then I wouldn't have that motivation to make sure I did what I want to do. Major just realize. so he can have that mo Yeah. Just so he can have that moment and be like, all right, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. 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 Made you really think about it. But it also, it also, in a way, it 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 kind of it kind of solidified for you that following your own path was the best thing to do. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's I, I think is no better feeling when you when you when you do something that a lot of people told you not to do, or a lot of mm -hmm. people told you like that's gonna be hard. Mm -hmm. And when it when it works out at the end of the day, when you sit there and look at it and be like, ah, I did this, is it's a really good feeling. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a school of thought that says, never tell everybody what you're thinking about doing, because everybody's going to try to keep you safe, especially if it's something like, hey, I'm going to go open a bar. You know, 95% of your friends are going to tell you you're out of your mind. There's no way in hell you want to do anything like that. Maybe a few people will give you encouragement about that. So how did you find that? What was your story? Did you go out and tell a lot of people that you were going to start a bar? I, what, what was feedback nope. you got? Nope. Um, I, my, the school that I go from, I don't try to tell people exactly what I'm doing or what my plans is until I'm, or until it's pretty much done. Uh, mainly because um, 
just the way I perceive it and in my experience in life when I start doing stuff like that, it gives me some kind of sense of accomplishment. And I don't work as hard at it anymore because everybody's like, oh man, that sounds awesome. You're doing so great. And then like, you know, it's already a pat on the back where I'm not even done yet. I'm like still, you know. So I, I definitely try to keep a lot of stuff under wraps until it's ready to be presented. Right, That's... Ex- excluding close friends and family, of course. But Yeah. That's a cool perspective on it. I, I I never really thought about it that way, but that is a really really cool perspective on it. I like that a lot. I watched it. I watched it happen in my life a lot, and it was oh. one of those things where I was like, "I'm only holding myself back when I do that," you know. So yeah, had to had to stop doing that. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Okay, all right, cool. So let's switch over to wins then. Um, let's 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 talk about that. Give us give us an example of a of a really good win for you. I mean, you've already talked a lot about how your perspective has changed in the way you've, you've taken a look at challenges. We heard about, we heard about, you know, what, what you felt was the biggest mistake and, and the big loss and, and, and how that affected you for a while, but then you rallied, man, and you came back again. And, you know, I can, I can say that I think that arts is, is definitely a huge win for you, but, I want you to tell us in your own words, if, 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 if it's something else, let's talk about something else. So let's talk about some cool wins in your life. Uh, wins, man. It, 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 that's a tough one. Um, because I, I, it, it's a tough one. It's called wins. Um, and, you know, just because life is such up and down that, you know, it could be a win one day. And then right next to you is just like taking a loss again. Um, So, I mean, even with the arts thing, that was huge, you know, to open it up. That was a huge accomplishment. Um, Being able to bartend on my 21st birthday because I did all the training before that day. And actually on my 21st birthday, (laughs) legally was able to be a bartender. That was a huge win. That's cool. (laughs) Um, Meeting my fiance. That was a huge win. You said, Um, yes, I know that. Yeah. Uh, So I can't wait for that one. That's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's just I um I don't know. I take I take I take a lot of uh I I, I like I like what other people win a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um it, it really makes me happy to see other people succeed as well. Um so watching my younger sister graduate high school and get a full rest scholarship to college. Um you know, watching my uh other younger brother be the player of the week four times in a row for the roses in football. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and yeah. then also just having good conversations with them and kind of checking out where they are mentally and sitting back and being like, all right, this, they're going to be okay. Like th- those are big wins for me. Yeah. Just seeing like some of the stuff and the effort that I put in working out for everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell you, I, I, I think the stuff that Leia's doing is really cool. And I would imagine that you had a little bit to do in, in the, the success she's having and the direction she went in. Hey, uh, like I said, I just, I, I, I don't I don't take credit. I'm just happy to see it, you know. Yeah, that's cool. That is very cool. All right, so now we're going to move into. I mean, you know that 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 the name of this podcast and my website is Sage Warrior Gentleman. Right. To me, those are the those are three of the aspects of a modern man today, and you certainly embody those to me. I mean, you're you're smart as hell in so many different things that you do. You are most certainly a gentleman and the warrior aspect. I think I've, I think I've heard more in this interview. I mean, as much as you and I have talked, 
and uh, done shots of tequila and just, you know, just sat and talked about things. I think I've learned a little bit more about the warrior aspect of your personality than I ever have before. But I also, there, there are also other, other components and other traits of the sage warrior and gentleman that I like to talk about. And those are things like leadership, honor, integrity, confidence, compassion. If any of those really, really sticks out at you, which, which one of those would those be that you could, that you could talk about for a little bit? Um, I think, I think as far as leadership goes, um, the main thing that I think is very important is accountability. Um, just knowing yourself, um, knowing, being honest with yourself when you do make mistakes and holding, you know, holding yourself accountable and not being afraid to admit when you're wrong, especially to other people. Um, so, uh, especially being a manager or owner or just being above other people, I try not to ask people to do things I couldn't or wouldn't do myself. And that's like really big to me as far as being a leader. Um, If you have to, like, if I had to narrow it down, accountability and compassion would be the two big things to me. Mm -hmm. You have to care about the fellow person. Yeah, sure you do. Sure you do. And, the the way you talked about that is one of the traits of a of, of a true leader is that you're not well I, you know one of the ways I look at it is 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 you're not a micromanager I mean you you bring people around you 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 train them and then you guide them right you're not you're not mm-hmm. hanging on them all the time you're not beating them down for doing anything that they're doing and I've I, I've seen that in the bar sometimes where where somebody didn't get a drink quite right or or, or didn't serve a customer quite right, and you weren't all over them. It, it was it was really, it was really gentle, but it was also very powerful the way you guided them to get a little bit better. But also, I know that the way you do it, it do it is so that they have a stronger sense of self and a stronger self confidence, and they want to keep doing better and and being a, a bigger person from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like when, when you correct people, you ha- I mean, I try to give people a sense of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times people might just think you want it done a certain way for no reason. And it's like, no, there's actually a method to my reasoning. There's a reason why we go about this in a certain way. And if you do it any other way, then you're you're down, you're downgrading my our, our standard. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not living up to what we're supposed to be doing. And. So when people are wrong or people make a mistake or something like that, one, that's fine. You made a mistake. Cool. Let's, let's acknowledge the mistake and let's move on to it. So, um, yeah. So say someone doesn't make a drink correctly. So say they shake a Manhattan or something like that. That's like one, stop what you're doing. Um, do you understand what you're doing is wrong? Like, you know, and just to be able to go through them and kind of break it down, like, okay, this is why we do this. Just so you don't bruise the liquor because you want to, you know, savor that flavor. You want to keep the drink consistent. So they start to understand and it makes it So when the next time they see someone else do it wrong, they understand and be able to be like, Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What does chivalry mean to you? Chivalry? Uh, something that died a long time ago. Chivalry is, I think, is dying right now, and it's sad. Um, 
And I don't, I don't know what, if that's like a, a, a gender or a, a, a time period of people to attribute that to. Um, but I think chivalry is exact. I mean, it, it should be a way that you treat just the uh, women in general, or, you know, um, there is, as part of being a gentleman, like you see a lady going through a door, open the door for her. Mm-hmm. If you, you see a lady drop something, pick it up for her. You see a old lady trying to cross the street, grab her hand, walk her across the street if, you, if she allows you. Uh, it's not to say that women can't do things for themselves, but there's a lot of things that women can't do that, uh, that women can do that men can't. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just sometimes like as a, as somebody being like uh, understanding whether it's uh, just uh, like being there for emotional support, whether it's, uh, it's, I mean, example, being feminine in general, you know, it's a lot of things that uh, I think that it, it's just an act of uh, just showing women that you appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah. In a yeah. non-sexual, in a non, you don't even have to know them way. You just, right. I appreciate, I just appreciate and I respect you. Yeah. 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 That's it. And it is dying. It, it, it has died in a way, but that's one of the reasons why I started doing this is because I want to give examples of how chivalry can <clears throat> can still be practiced and, and 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 why we should be behaving that way yeah I th- hey, and that's 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 a that's a real uh uh, uh interesting rabbit hole I'll, I, you know to kind of go down is to where, where, what, what is it what, what is making people not because you know a, yeah. a lot of times you got you got it on both sides some guys are like oh it's 2020 you want equal rights and then some women are like i could do whatever i can do it myself i don't need yeah. it's like you know, I didn't, you know, sometimes it's not about whether you need me to do it. It's about the fact that I would actually just like to do it to help out. Right, right, right. Exactly. Okay. All right, cool. So <clears throat> one of the things I know about you is that you are a very stylish guy. Um, I really like the way you wear ties in there and you wear that vest and you wear the tie clip and you're always looking really, really sharp in there. And style is another aspect of a gentleman to me. I mean, you know that I came up in the clothing industry before I started in mm-hmm. tech and, 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 and you and I have talked about that kind of stuff too. So, so let's, let's talk about style a little bit. What does style mean to you? Uh, this quarantine has been jogging pants <laughs> and t-shirts. <laughs> right. I right. probably wore, I probably wore about a week's worth of ties in this whole quarantine. I have not dressed up, <laughs> but no, um, I think style is uh, a very uh, good way to present yourself. I think it's uh, it's, it's one of, it's one of the few ways without uh, it's a one of the few ways of nonverbal communication to kind of express your personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I do when I when I go out when I'm when I'm about I do like to dress up nice. I do like to uh, interact with people when I'm in a when I like I look better or dressed up to be more professional. I like hard bottom shoes. I like monk straps. I like, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I think it's very, it just goes with how you want to present yourself. And in most situations, uh, I rather just feel, I feel comfortable uh, looking good, I guess. Yeah. And looking good can be objective. That's every, or subjective. That's, that's, you know, everybody has their own version of looking good. Yeah. Um, mine, and depending on what I'm doing, mine could be completely different too. So sure, sure. Did you learn that from modeling school? Oh yeah, I mean that was part of that trade school aspect of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, just really going through, and it and it that helped me kind of uh, 
identify what I like and what kind of stuff I like. Um, so I like, uh, I like my, you know, I like my pants to fit. I don't like, um, like bigger, bigger pants unless I'm wearing jogging pants. I like, uh, my shirts to be a slim fit as well. I don't like my arms to be really poofy or popping out the size of my uh, vest. Um, I like, like I said, I like uh, hard bottom shoes. I like monk straps. I like, um, uh, I know this is not going to be a camera. Would you like to see my wedding shoes that I bought? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This, you asked about fashion. So. No, no, I got to see them. Go get them, man. <laughs> so, oh, the people yeah, listening can't hear this right now, but these are all gold. Cap toe. Cap those, toe. Those are slick shoes, man. Turn that around again. What's in the heel? What's, what, uh, what's embedded spikes. in the heel? Oh, look at that. Spikes. spikes embedded in the heel. So, so here's what we'll do. We'll, um, we'll take a screenshot of that, and I'll make sure we get those up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah that's pretty sweet. That is, yeah. that is pretty sweet. So, yeah, Byron has a, uh, a destination wedding uh, coming up. His lovely fiance Lisa, and he are going to get married down in Florida, and I cannot wait to go to your wedding, dude. I think that is going to be so much fun to go down there. Oh, yeah, hang it's out be with amazing. you guys and help you celebrate this. It's just going to be so much fun. Yeah, we went down to check out the venue last week. It was. Uh, oh. It's going. It's going to be. It's going to be nice. It's going to be real Excellent. nice. Yeah, I can't wait, man. That's going to be super cool. All right, so let's see. Uh, what's up next? Oh, yeah, health, 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 health. You are certainly one of the fittest dudes I know, and I know you go out and play basketball. I know you do other stuff. So let's talk about health. What does what does health mean to you as a man and, and, and being healthy? How does that help you live a fuller life? Uh, I, health is big and as far as like physical fitness and exercises. Uh, one is good for your mental health because um, you have to be able to push yourself and challenge yourself. And I think that's one of the biggest things about working out. Um, I often say this to myself when I'm working out and I'm or creating new exercises. I'm like, gosh, this was my idea, wasn't it? Like, how did it, why, did, why am I doing this to myself? But when I get finished, you know, it's always, I feel better. Um, but it's also how, it was just how I was raised. Um, my dad, um, hell of an athlete. Um, he played basketball, uh, uh, got a scholarship down to Georgia Tech. He boxed. He was a Golden Glove champion. Wow. Uh, and me growing up, I played a bunch of sports. Uh, I boxed myself. Um, but right around, I would say, the ages of like 13-ish, mm-hmm. I kind of like, I just didn't work out. I just didn't, you know. I was playing video games, hanging out, doing stuff like that. And it took until I was about 15. Um, and I spent the summer with my older cousins riding bikes. Just riding bikes all around the city. To if we had wanted to go to our one cousin's house, we would get on the bike and ride over there. And just keep going like it was a car. So we would go miles, miles every day. And once I started losing weight, and I started to feel like, oh, you know, I, I one, it gave me a sense of I was able to bend over and tie my shoes without losing my breath. That was one that was real big for me. Uh, so I think um, the comfortability aspect of it. I, I just, I wasn't comfortable, um, you know, not being healthy. I just wasn't, mm-hmm. um, as far as, uh, the, just the physical aspect of not being able to bend over and tie your shoes without 
having to hold your breath burp, breath. Yeah. Burp. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I try to pass that on to, um, the generations under me. So, uh, I do a workout with, uh, two of my nephews almost every day. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. You kind of, you kind of help push each other. I would imagine. Right. That's the goal. Um, so I, that's what I was, I was saying that to them the other day. Uh, we were working out. I walked away to get some water or something. I looked back over and it's to their brothers and one of them's not even paying attention to the other one while he's working out. And I'm like, Hey, like, why aren't you watching him? Like, I don't know. I'm like, no, you need to watch him and make sure his form is correct. Because as, as people, even if it's unconsciously or consciously, we'll try to take a shortcut. Mm-hmm. We will, you know, yeah, if, yeah. if this, this, this next sit up hurts, we might try to pull on our leg a little bit to get, mm-hmm. make it easier. And you, and I, the, the point that I was telling him, like the reason why we're not working out by ourselves right now, why we're doing it together is to keep everybody on point. And there's certain things that I might not be able to see stay with my form that you might be able to see like, Hey, you yeah. need to bend your arms a little bit more. Hey, your butt's too high. Or, you know, so to be able to look at each other and keep each other accountable and also motivate each other and be like, Hey, you did a great job. Good. You know, you did it. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Okay. All right. So we're, we're, we're rounding up towards the end right now. All right. So, um, yeah, just, just a couple more questions for you. And one of these questions I actually just picked up from a magazine that I read a lot called Monocle magazine. I, I discovered it in an airport in, I don't even know where I was, Asia, Europe, someplace. And I've started reading it ever since because it's just, it's just a super cool magazine. I, I, I would recommend Monocle magazine to anybody who's listening. I, I've seen Have you? I've seen it. Have you? Okay. Yeah. Just such, such a cool magazine. And here's one of the questions I got from that, that I just decided as of like last night to start incorporating into this, into these conversations. And that's this, what can we do to make a daily difference? Hmm. I would say, ah, man. Such, it's such a it's it, it's it's a tough question and easy question at the same time because yeah. um, there there are general there's general things that you'd say like well make sure every day you help someone out or <laughs> make sure every day you reach out to somebody and tell them you love them yeah. you know yeah. um, but you know I feel like the tougher part of that would be uh, every day figure out a way to make yourself better at what you're trying to do <laughs> so if if um, my dad, he's, you know, he's, he wants to uh, start writing and become a writer. That's like next thing. And I'm like, all right, we'll start work. First of all, you know, you need to learn how to work a computer. So start training yourself on YouTube, pull up the video on your phone, put the computer in front of you and go through the video with that. Start learning the ins and outs of what you're trying to do to help him make it bigger. Mm-hmm. That impact, that little thing of helping yourself out might allow, may allow you to help out more people. Yeah. True. Yeah, that's very true. So that's, try to work on yourself before you work on somebody else's. I yeah. think that would be the, the best way to make the world a better place. If that's everybody cool. was really looking at themselves, trying to make themselves better, you would probably end up with somebody else. That's, that's awesome, man. That is awesome. So if you were to mentor a younger man and what area do you think you could have the strongest influence in helping him? Hmm. Probably just uh, building a uh, a strong 
uh, let's see, I, I would say just building a strong character and uh, building empathy around other people to where they can recognize that everybody goes through trials and tribulations. Everybody has moments where it's not easy and they don't want to do this no more. Everybody has those moments and to really help them, one, work through those things for themselves and then also be able to look around and kind of appreciate and notice what other people are going through those things. And, you know, you know so mm-hmm. I think that would be big. I think that would be cool. big. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot, pal. Well, I tell you what, man, this is this has been an awesome interview, as I knew it would. I just have one final question for you, and then we can wrap it up for tonight. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Um, I want to say this. I do want to say that I, I like what you're doing, and I think that is definitely needed. Um, and as it as it grows um and even after i walk away from this conversation uh the questions that you asked me really helps me think about and go through and be um really more aware of why i do things a certain way and to and to kind of take that and whether or not i write a book or write it down but to be able to apply it to my future Mm -hmm. and that's that's probably one of the the biggest thing that i wanted to say is that even like this kind of i mean obviously i know myself but even as we were talking about uh, careers and such, I didn't even remember to bring up acting, comedy, <laughs> um, stuff like that. So uh, just just really being able to sit back and per- to perceive it, I think this is just good for people just to a- every day kind of ask themselves these questions, you know? Yeah, that's cool. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for saying that. I I really appreciate that. I, this is this is a labor of love for me. It's it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and uh, finally just decided to to jump on it and get it going. You know, and at first it's like, well, I don't know how to do a podcast. Well, go on YouTube and find out yeah, how to do a exactly. podcast, right? And and uh, and one of my buddies, Brian Tudor. You you've met Brian. Brian's a podcaster, yeah. so so he said, okay, all right, yeah. all right, get this kind of a mic and do this and do this and started teaching me how to do it. So very cool. All right, dude. Well, thank you uh, again. This is going to be an awesome podcast. This is going to help so many people. Uh, so uh, we'll sign off for now. Thank you again, Byron, man. I really hey. appreciate your time tonight, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey. Thank you for having me. All right, man. Really appreciate it. Cool. So thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sage Warrior Gentleman podcast. And remember that you can join us and get a free guide over at sagewarriorgentleman.com. We'd love to have you join our conversation and please help us spread the word if you feel this could help someone you know and care about.